Okay. Hi, uh, welcome back to Silence is Cancelled. Uh, this is Sid McGregor. I'm here with Dr. Jacqueline Matt Karras. And uh, today we would like to talk about um, the, and this is a conversation that, that uh, those of us uh, in, in A Way Through have, have had several times. And if you look anywhere online, you'll see it. But uh, Jackie, you've mentioned so many times that there is a, a sort of a, a tsunami of mental health issues that is, you know, just off the shore and is yeah. is crashing down on us. And uh, and this is not really a, a shock, I don't think, to anybody. Um, right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've you know, I think. You and I have both seen, you know, very high, you know, scholarly articles, even from May of 2020 saying this is important. This is happening. Uh, even the UN is like, you guys, this is going to be the thing you have to deal with. You know, the vaccinations are important, but people are not going to be well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just in the sort of grand, you know, scheme of things, you know, uh, some of the reports are that, you know, de- it's mainly centers around depression and anxiety, which mm-hmm. is up, you know, depression apparently is up 35 to 38% in the U S alone. Yeah. In the U S alone. Yeah. yeah. And in anxiety, up, and, young adults. Yeah. And anxiety yeah. up 25 to 28%. Uh, in our last podcast, Chris and I talked about sort of the more global um, view of, of sort of mental health and, and mental illness. Um, so, you know, you're a therapist, you're, you're in here with this stuff every day. Uh, what, what, when, when, when somebody hears that, that, that mental health is, is going to be sort of the largest aftermath of this pandemic or, or that there's a tsunami of, of mental health issues coming, what help us understand what in, in real terms, like, what does that really mean? Yeah, I'll try to paint a picture, um, micro picture, and then maybe go macro. <clears throat> so from a micro perspective, families, you've got um, women who can't go back to work because of childcare issues, um, women who were had to give up their jobs, um, fathers who lost their jobs, um, children who had to stay home instead of going to school teens and preteens who are learning while sitting maybe in their bed in their bedroom if they have their own bedroom some families was a house full of people because everybody had to be home that in of itself created a bunch of anxiety and for some people depression and a lot of anger issues um were activated. And so we've got the family dynamic that's being shook up by what's going on just in in the home and in an individual single family home. But then that expands out to interactions with their friends and their family. And so we're also seeing some ruptures in families because of the ways in which we are, we have these differing ideas about how to handle pandemic, where, whether to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, whether to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine. So now we're dealing with grief as well from family ruptures. While, by the way, we're dealing with grief from all the death, all of the illness, all of the job loss, all of the academic loss. There is so much grief that is going on um, that we're not talking about and that people are just trying to cope with because it's 
for some people, it's not really tangible. They didn't have somebody die, but they're feeling these mm, sensations of loss and disappointment and regret and can't really tie it to something which can be anxiety producing. Why am I feeling this way? Or Someone might feel depressed and not understand why they're feeling depressed. They may still have their job and their family is healthy, but they're still carrying around these sad, heavy emotions. And some of that can come from, like, as we uh, kind of expand out, we can see that it's not just in a family. If it's a hardship in this family and there's anxiety and depression and more anger and things like that going on behind closed doors. Well, they leave and those kids go to school because now we're back in school. Um, Mom, dad can go back to work there in the office. So that is now spreading out into workplaces and schools. And so we have this anxiety and, and this darkness that are being carried from the homes into our workplaces. And then that we could just keep expanding that out layer to layer. And so Mm -hmm. we are all sitting under this umbrella of emotional energy that's chaotic, um, sometimes rigid, but it's not necessarily something that we can even relate to. So that produces anxiety. Why am I feeling so out of sorts? Because you might not be dealing with COVID. You might not be dealing with job loss, but you're still in the world right now. And we are all feeling this wave of energy of chaos and frustration. And there's all of the things going on um, in terms of racism and hate and uh, the things that are going on with laws and politics. And there's just so much negative energy, hard things that we're battling in the world. And we don't talk about those things. So it's happening around us. And we're all just supposed to go on with our life, like everything's okay, and not talk about the fact that it makes me sad to hear some of the things that I hear when I walk past the television. It is frightening to hear some of the things and see some of the things that I see. And yet I'm I'm not meant to be able to talk about those things because that's a weakness, right? You should be able to suck it up. And, um, and then people are saying very unkind things to one another. And then you hear, well, why are people so thin skinned? And so we want people to be able to tolerate all of this negativity and nastiness um, without having any emotional responses to it. Apart from that, we came into the pandemic with issues. Everybody has an issue. Everybody's dealing with something, whether it's grief, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, learning disability, uh, substance abuse, a process addiction. Everybody has something that they are working through or should be working through. And that was before the pandemic happened. Workaholism, uh, being overworked, having terrible work-life balance, being far too busy, not eating healthy. When is there time for exercise? What is self-care? We hear about it all the time. People are talking about Mm -hmm. getting self-care so you don't burn out. And a lot of the jobs in where, where we would consider um, people to be great candidates for burnout, those jobs are essential. And so they were already in positions essential. of stress, right? Because they're essential, <laughs> right? And so then at the pandemic, on top of already 
being stressed out in your work life. So we were already in trouble in terms of mental health in the world. Um, but if I focus specifically on America, we've been conditioned to not talk about emotion. We've been conditioned mm-hmm. to be emotionally silent, meaning we should suck it up just deal with it, get over it. Um, we shove a lot of things down because it's a weakness to cry. And, and you learn that when you are upset by something and someone says, oh, it'll be fine. It's going to be okay. And so that's the attitude with which we're trying to get through life now. It's fine. It's going to be okay. And the reality is it isn't fine. It isn't going to be okay. And in a tsunami, as we were talking about mm-hmm. not too long ago, in a tsunami, it's it's overwhelming, and it, that wave is coming, and you don't have very many choices. Mm-hmm. We got choices. We could do something about the mental health problem in this country. We could put more focus on it. We could even just change the way we talk about it so that people don't feel so much shame about needing to ask for help. If it was okay to tell my friend, that I'm feeling really sad and like, I really wish that it would all just be over. Mm-hmm. If I could tell them that and they could sit with me and take me seriously and we could just have a conversation about it, that might be really relieving for me just to know somebody else could engage in that conversation. Somebody else cares, but we've taught people that it's not okay for them to share that. Oh, you're just trying to get attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm trying to get attention so that I can stay alive. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get attention. That's not a bad thing. We need each other. We were created for a relationship. Um, it's not a, a needy thing to want other people to care about you, to care about what's going on in your life, or to care about other people and to want to know about what's going on in their lives. But because over the years, that's just what we've been taught. If you're going to cry, go to your room and cry. Nobody wants to hear all that. Or worse yet, I heard someone say the other day, they were talking about their childhood. Stop all that crying before I give you something to cry about. Well, clearly the kid has something to cry about. They're crying. But that's how we were raised. And I think that it's not just... um, Some homes, you know, we would say that that was a black family thing, right? That, you know, switches and if you, if you're talking back and all those things, but I don't, I don't think that it's just a black family thing. I think families across America have these same um, rules when it comes to dealing with emotions. Uh, I work with people of all races and, and across the board. We all have come from home. Most of us, at least 70% of the population Mm -hmm. have come from homes where comfort wasn't a common practice. It was more common to be told to just deal with it and get over it. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're going to white knuckle it through the tsunami of mental health concerns and challenges rather than actually face them head on. And, and, you know, let's put up some supports and, um, create better access and tear down the barriers to healthcare. Let's make it um, accessible to everyone in their own neighborhoods. Um, yeah. And I, we- I, I guess that's the, that's sort of the, the major difference between a real tsunami and what we are in now is that in a real tsunami, like I, I remember very clearly as I think most People do, uh, you know, Christmas Day, 2004, seeing the images mm-hmm. of like, that was the first time I'd ever heard of the term tsunami. I'd never even heard mm-hmm. it before. 
And I remember seeing it and then seeing the pictures of, you know, how the water came in and understanding all of that and just being like, that is, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But no hope. I mean, there, there's nothing you can do in that situation. You're there. Yeah. The water is there. You can't run fast enough. Right. But where we are in, even though we've got a similar wave coming, th- there is something like you can actually do something. You don't have to stand here and get hit by it. Yeah. 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 You might, yeah. you might get wet. I think we're all wet. Yeah. But, you're going to get wet. You're going to get wet. Yeah. But I don't, but I don't think don't we have, have to drown. drown. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, I, I know, you know, just to, for myself, um, I don't know. My wife and I have talked about this several times. We don't know how this is possible, but we don't, there's nobody in our, and you, you kind of, alluded to this earlier there's nobody in our i hate the term inner circle but there's nobody in our immediate connection that has died or gotten even remotely sick Mm -hmm. now one step out from that there's been several right i'm not i'm not a denier that the pandemic doesn't exist don't (laughs) don't don't hear me the wrong way Uh, my mom works in healthcare she watched many people die um Um, and so my experience with, with the pandemic and my anxiety levels and my loss have been from everything else falling out. Um, you know, um, to be honest, not having a lot of interactions with other people, Mm -hmm. being at home all day, every day. Every day, every day. <laughs> every day. Yes. Um, and I'm somebody who has worked from home for almost 20 years. But work from home meant, you know, I'd be at the coffee shop or the riding my bike or doing all these other things. Uh, <laughs> and that's been, that's been, most of that has been taken away. My bike has been my sort of saving grace for this last two years. But um but we just noticed just internally, just in our own house, like the level, like we're just, I don't want to have the illusion that like, oh, we got all this together. We're just fairly keeping it from, mm-hmm. from doing something. Bubbling over. Yeah. Right? I mean, like yeah, we're just, yeah. we're just, we just keep doing just, okay, what's the one thing I can do today to to stop mm-hmm. from, from. <sighs> And there's no real reference point for this. There's no, if you, if you've been in the military, maybe there's a reference point for you. If you've experienced deployment and then had to come back and reintegrate into the world. um, I kind of experience it that way. We are now reintegrating. My husband's in the Marine Corps and I was in the Air Force, um, my son-in-law in the Navy. And so we have experienced what it means to have someone go away and that changes your whole life, right? That mm-hmm. parent is not in the home. And so we shift how we do everything. Um, certain places I couldn't go anymore. Certain things I had mm-hmm. to do that I didn't do before. And then he comes home and we have to now reincorporate him. 
And so we're yeah. trying to get things back to the way they were before he left, but that can never really happen because he's not the same he was before he left. Me and the girls weren't the same as we were before he left. Mm-hmm. So that reintegration piece is challenging because we want to get back to normal, but normal doesn't exist anymore because we are not the same as we were back then. And yeah. that is what I think what we're all experiencing right now. And most of us with no frame of reference for ever having done that before yeah. or been expected to do that before. And I think that's what's underneath some of the frustration, why so many people feel like they've had so much control taken away from them. Right. Because there is so much talk about, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back. And that that sounds nice in, in theory, but that's never possible. Nope. Never possible. Everybody has has changed, and everything has changed, and it just it uh, it's unfortunate or fortunate, depending on. I mean, it How really just it. depends, but yeah, it's it's almost like uh, uh, acceptance of well, this is where we are. <laughs> right. This is this is what it is, and. When you accept that this is where we are now, then you can move forward Mm -hmm. with whatever forward looks like. And forward is going to be changing and evolving Mm -hmm. depending on who's in your family and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But if we get stuck in regret for what we didn't get to do over the past two years, Mm -hmm. then we miss out on the beauty of this present moment and all the joys that are to come. So we need to take this present moment to kind of mm, survey our surroundings Mm -hmm. and check inside and really honestly check inside and figure out what is going on inside. How am Mm -hmm. I doing? What do I need right now? What do I feel? And why do I feel that way? Mm -hmm. And what do I need? And then answer the questions. Sometimes we ask questions and then we just, we don't answer them. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. And then we walk away. Yeah. It's like, wait, 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 don't it's okay that you don't know, mm-hmm. but just because you don't know doesn't mean you can never know. Yeah. You just heard the question. Yeah. Take a moment and think about it. Yeah. I've got a good and, I've I've got uh well we have a mutual friend who will remain unnamed, but uh they they used to tell me that, that one of the biggest problems that they had was they they had a really high risk factor, right? And just in terms of doing whatever it is that they came to their mind. And they would always, their, their response was, you know, let's go do this thing. Well, why not? But, but they would never answer the actual why not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. eventually, even though there were some amazing ex- experiences in there, eventually, because those why nots were, were never answered, uh, mm-hmm. there was, it was detrimental to their relationship um and you know it sounds it sounds pretty from 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 the onset of throwing Mm -hmm. consequences out the door and just (laughs) why not Um, Um, because you're married and your wife might not like you being gone a year or you know because you have a job and you can't stay out yeah. All night long and <laughs> not sure. There's right. There are yeah. some why nots, and if we answer the question, sometimes we can prevent ourselves some hardship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, you know, so so we've got you know so many different people experiencing this tsunami from so many different perspectives. You know, you've got some people who've lost a lot of people, and some people so. 
But generally, it seems, I mean, I'm still saying generally because I just don't know, but, um, you know, the depression, anxiety, like like those are the two things that are, are happening. So how how can we, how do we identify those in ourselves? Mm-hmm. And how do we, how do we, you know, well, what are some useful things we can do to just keep, you know, to not go over that edge. Yeah. So of course, as a therapist, if I'm going to throw out the first thing I think is we should talk to someone, Yeah. Um, talk to a therapist if you can, um, if not a peer counselor or uh, uh, just someone you trust. Um, yeah. Trust somebody who, who loves you and somebody who, 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 Trust you, yeah, or the, yeah, and someone who yeah. feels feel safe that you can be honest with, and and then also consider trying to be that person for someone else. But what we can do to figure out if we're dealing with if if what our problem is is um, what I would say pathological anxiety or depression, meaning it's beyond the normal everyday fire alarm of anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Anxiety is necessary. It tells us that you're in danger, makes us faster, smarter, stronger in crisis, right? It's the stay alive, survive mechanism. Mm-hmm. But when you're feeling all of that sense of danger and alarm and like a tiger's chasing you, but you're sitting on your living room sofa, in peace and quiet and there's nothing wrong. No one's chasing you, but your body is rubbed up. Then we need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And and when that's happening regularly, it's exhausting. It impacts your organs. Um, our body does not do well under long periods of stress. And a lot of us live in stressful families. We have stressful jobs. And so we are under a lot of stress. And then our body gets stuck in this revved up um, fight, flight, freeze, crisis crisis management mode. If you're feeling like you're always in crisis management, uh, maybe having a hard time remembering things, a little uh, fuzzy, um, it's called a fog, like a cognitive fog, Mm -hmm. Uh, feeling like you can't remember things, more cranky than usual, um, less motivated. You want to talk to someone. We have to take a look at those things. And rather than then get stuck at the what's wrong with me and mm-hmm. shaming yourself or beating yourself up or looking at your spouse or your child and saying, what's wrong with you? Why are you so lazy? What's wrong with you? How about we say, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. What do you need? But, and for ourselves as well. Okay, Jackie, what is going on? Why are you so upset? And then sit and wait for the answer. Think, yeah. Think critically about your life, about your day. What just happened? What? How was I feeling an hour ago? Where is this coming from? And if, when I can't pinpoint where it's coming from, then I'm like, okay, this is anxiety. This is not a problem I need to solve. This is mm-hmm. a um, an emotion that I'm kind of stuck in, and I might need to actually be meeting with someone regularly and doing some consistent work because something has been triggered out of my history. And that is showing up now in my everyday life and causing me pain. Uh, Being in uh, a lot of pain, having, you know, being confined, we've been, you know, in isolation because of pandemic, those things can add to a person's depressed mood. And so sometimes you can be depressed just situationally, um, maybe a job loss or um, 
a fight with a spouse or kid. Um, and it's temporary. It's situational. You're down. You have some days of sadness. Like when my daughter got married and moved to Virginia, I took the week off ahead of time because I knew that I was going to be depressed that week. And I stayed in bed all week. I didn't work. I didn't see clients. I knew I was going to be a wreck. So I planned ahead for it. And I gave myself permission to be a wreck because that was a normal response to her launching. It was a great launch and I was happy. There was nothing Mm -hmm. wrong, but my heart was being torn apart because Mm -hmm. my baby was leaving. That was sadness. It didn't spiral into depression. And I really believe that it's because I allowed myself to move through that emotion. Mm -hmm. I actually planned for it, gave Mm -hmm. myself permission. Whereas what we're told is don't think about it. Because if you think about it, then you're going to be depressed. You're going to get stuck and you won't be able to get out of it. And in reality, I think we get stuck in the not thinking about it because our body, our nervous system doesn't care if you decide you're not thinking about it. Your body is still going to have the reactions to what's going on around you and in your environment and in your family. And then that's impacting what's happening inside of your body. So now you have a chemical thing happening where you're not producing enough happy hormones to put it mildly, right? And if that happens like long those. enough, right, we like those. And that happens long enough and, and now you're depressed and it's more of, I can't get out of bed. I can't, I don't want to go to work. I'm not eating. I don't have the energy to feed myself or to take care of my family or to go to work or to exercise or to do any of the things I used to enjoy. And as a matter of fact, I don't enjoy anything. Nothing matters. Nothing, nothing is good. And so that's when depression has gone beyond situational to problematic and diagnosable. And we might want to consider talking to your PCP about medication, certainly looking for a therapist. And if we are getting uh, deeper and deeper into this dark pit to the point of wanting to harm ourselves, mm-hmm. um, to the point of thinking about suicide and starting to come up with ways in which to do that, then you absolutely want to talk to someone because if you could just give tomorrow a chance, you would find that it will be better yeah. over time. The next day is another day and another opportunity to try to be what it is you want it to be the day before to try to do a better job. And we have to be thinking about what do I want? What do I imagine my life to be like? What am I sad that's that I'm missing? And then start to focus on how do we get to those things that, that we desire. Now, sometimes with depression, it's not as easy as just changing a thought. We talk about like, from a cognitive perspective, mm-hmm. a cognitive behavioral perspective, thoughts and beliefs lead to actions, lead to consequences, right? And so it's our thinking, our believing, our acting, and then the consequences that kind of make up who we are in our day-to-day and our interactions with one another. And so there's the idea that if you can change what you think, then you change what you believe. If you change what you believe, then you change how you behave. If you change how you behave, you can change the consequences in your life. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really simple and it is simple, but it can be really difficult to accomplish, especially when you're de- depressed and you don't have any energy. So people need people. We were created for relationship and we heal in relationship. And so what can we do about our anxiety and depression? We can find someone else to be in relationship with. And we, for those of us who have people in our life who are anxious or depressed, we can be compassionate 
And rather than, oh, well, at least you, you know, at least you had a husband, right? At least you had a job. And rather than try to make it better for people and put a, a warm blanket over top of it and smother it out, let's wrap that warm blanket around our friend and come alongside of them while they sit in their sadness because they they need to be able they need to have permission to be able to be in their feelings and not feel like there's something wrong with them. I think a lot of our anxiety and depression comes from people trying to force themselves into boxes that they don't fit in. And they're trying to be okay when they're not okay. They're trying to be a particular type of person when that's really not who they are at their core. And it makes them miserable and they're anxiously trying to be good enough. So how do we, how do we help people with anxiety and depression by joining them in their struggle, coming alongside of them um, and being open to hearing what they have to say and not shaming them into silence. And one of the things you, uh, you mentioned earlier, which is something I've, I've had to, it's been brought to my attention fairly recently. And it's something I'm still trying to, learn how to do uh, is, is even just in as, as simple as how you respond when somebody is, is even telling you about something mm -hmm. or, or when you are observing somebody, you know, uh, doing something that, that, that maybe isn't comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. Um, is by just asking, you know, like what happened? Like that simple phrase, but not like in, in the way that like we would ask it pre like, well, what happened to you? You know, mm -hmm. but like, yeah. no, like, like what happened? Yeah. Like, and, and, and almost from a, from a, in, from a inquisitive and compassionate angle, not from a, judgmental angle it's like you can use the same words but you can have a different mm -hmm. mindset about it and if you're really right. trying to if you can come at it and this is what i've had to learn because i was also i became pretty dismissive <laughs> um because when you get that much anxiety going and that much depression then somebody else is feeling something else you're just like ah oh, you'll be fine mm -hmm. and you completely dismiss what they're feeling as opposed to so I'm sorry. <laughs> and yeah. um, what, you know, and, and then just asking, I think even asking that, that question in that way to ourselves with compassion and with inquiry and not judgmental, right. which is a hard thing. I could, I, I don't want to go into like religious stuff right now, even though you're a pastor, <laughs> but um, the sort of, guilt-ridden brain of mine mm -hmm. that that wants to always do it from from that angle of what's wrong with you what happened to you and i ask that of myself as opposed to okay what happened like without judgment without just just literally just as simple as the question is just trying to figure it out okay how did i what why am i thinking this way why am i feeling this way why did i say this why did i do this Mm -hmm. uh, I think curiosity. we just need, uh, yeah, it's like curiosity about yourself without being 
without being damning, um, uh, damning, but then also just being compassionate, I think, with each other and with ourselves. Yeah. One of the um, things we, we talk about in uh, therapy school is having a non-judgmental presence or stance mm-hmm. where we're just, I accept you. You are good enough. And I, I'm not judging your person or your, your behaviors, but tell me what's going on. And so it's that question, what happened? That's what mm-hmm. therapy is. It's getting to sit with someone who says, hey, what happened? What brought you here today? Who genuinely just wants to hear it, who can tolerate feeling it. Because what mm-hmm. you described earlier is like all that anxiety and depression and big emotions you encounter in another person. Well, you start to feel it. And that's where you're like, oh, you'll be fine. And then you walk away and you're like, see, we're good. Right. Just don't think about it because you are fine, but they're still feeling it. And mm-hmm. we don't necessarily like that sensation because we don't know what to do with it. But if we could just say, oh, you must like listen to what's happening in your body when you encounter that in another person, it's clues as to what they're going through. And so rather than try to make mm-hmm. them stop feeling that because we don't like the way it feels and we care about them, we don't want them feeling that pain either. We can feel it. We know it's awful. We don't want them mm-hmm. suffering. So we say stop thinking that that is going to help when in actuality, it just prolongs it. Mm -hmm. And so rather than saying, hey, no, you'll be fine. Just stop crying. It's okay. Don't, no, no, let's not think about it. Just don't think about it. Think positive, think good thoughts. So rather than do that and tell people to lie to themselves, (laughs) like we've been doing, right? Let's just say, man, this is awful. I am so sorry you're dealing with that. (sighs) And that's it. That's yeah. it. I can't fix yeah. it. I don't have to offer to fix it. I, I don't have to I don't even, agree with it either. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it. I don't have to think yeah. it doesn't have to make sense to me. You know, if you have a three-year-old that's throwing a temper mm-hmm. tantrum, you've been out shopping all day, mm-hmm. and they're throwing a temper tantrum at six o'clock as you walk into yet another store, hmm. hey, maybe they're exhausted. And you know, you are exhausted and you are hungry and you got to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and all those things are going on inside of you, but you're an adult and you're keeping it together because you're choosing these things. Yeah. But that other person might not be choosing those things. And yeah. but when it's a little kid, we don't even have the compassion to recognize what is going on because we're so busy moving so quickly. Mm-hmm. We're not present in the moment. We don't recognize that if we could just pause and say, Hey, what's wrong? What's going on? What happened? They could say, mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm sleepy. And then we could actually deal with that issue. Yeah. Sometimes the mental health challenges are emotional and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of caring enough to ask someone what is going on. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, thank you, Jackie, for diving into this uh, with us. Um, uh, if you're listening to this and you are just in the middle of that, um, as all of us are, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, find somebody, um, talk to them. And, uh, if you don't have that somebody, uh, we'd love to help you with that. Um, you can, uh, one of, you can come to, uh, our website at waythrough.org and click on a few little things and we will do, uh, what we can. Um, yeah. 
I don't know what else to say. (laughs) That's certainly not the best way to end the podcast, but, um, but look, uh, you know, the people around us matter. Yeah. And, and we need to be compassionate to them and we also need to be compassionate, um, to ourselves. Everybody's going Mm -hmm. through a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and I think at least for me, I think one of the more positive things that's going to come out of all of this craziness is that I think mental health care is, will become more of a routine preventative care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and I think everything that's happening, um, in that conversation space throughout the world um, is is leading us to that more normative stance of I'm not okay today. I need to talk to somebody and that's exactly what you should do and that's just fine. That's just <laughs> fine. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just fine. I agree. You, you should go do that right now. Yes. You should go do that. You should talk to someone. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, Jackie, again. Uh, to the listeners, yes. Uh, to the listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, please know. Take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves. It's been a rough couple of years. It's been a rough couple of years. We're not out yeah. yet, but we're getting there. Um, just know that you matter and you matter to the people around you and stay safe. Yeah. Thanks. Bye bye.